Hey there, unicorns. Danny here. Quick message before we start. We're rapidly coming up to our one year anniversary of this podcast, and we would like to hear from you. So you can send us an email or send us a message on social media, or you can leave us a voicemail at 505-585-1808. We'd love to hear your questions, your comments, any stories you have about your own biracial unicorn experience or questions you might have for biracial unicorns in your lives, and we will respond to them on our anniversary episode. You can also catch a live recording of that episode on Instagram Live, and we'll be posting some more details about that on our Instagram, so be sure to follow us there. Thanks, and here's the show. I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and then committed horrible acts against humanity. Yeah. Did you not learn that in school? (laughs) I honestly can't remember what the next line of it is supposed to be because i i in my mind i only remember in 1492 columbus sailed the ocean blue and then i don't know if there's there's other parts to it also i mean yeah did not learn (laughs) a realistic uh, lesson about christopher columbus in school for sure no and we're gonna get into that but i just I just do. We talked about this off air, though, like how lied to we felt in our school system of like, what did they actually and, and it's no shade to the teachers because there's no. curriculum and you're, this is what you're given. And so I think like making sure of of all respect to, to educators, you but dag on it. I don't know if you're exhausted of like every year something coming out about another topic we were taught being like, oh, actually, yeah, that's also incorrect. I'm like, I can't handle anymore. But at least we got an adorable little rhyme out of it. I don't know. I don't I think guess. there's anything after Sail the Ocean Bloom. But I did learn a song about the three ships that apparently sailed, the Nina, the Pinta, and Santa Maria, that mm-hmm. apparently also weren't the ships that came. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had not heard that that was the case, that those were not the actual ships. Um, like, oh, Amika told me this this morning, and I, I'm questioning everything. Yeah. I don't know why this is like the thing that I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> but but I'm just not I'm the Santa Maria. Not I'm like, that. Ah, so proud of knowing those names of those ships <laughs> but yet but yet i don't i don't know they force this stuff down our throat in school but it's mm-hmm. like how to get a mortgage i would have really liked to learn that in high school uh, i'm throwing no. it out there no <laughs> we're gonna force you to live in this capitalist system <laughs> land ownership, but we're not going to actually teach you how to navigate the system. 
Oh, no, no, no. No, definitely. Um, but this, before we go into being an education <laughs> podcast, I even caught myself just being like, and that is why we're forcing upon a college education that people know they can't pay it back. Like, literally, I had, I felt myself like wind up of just like, of throwing shade at trades and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I, I felt myself getting wound up like those little rubber band cars that you do, mm. you know, when you, and then, yeah. But, um, in case people did not catch our massive hint, we are talking about Columbus Day today. Yes. Columbus Day next week, next Monday. Mm-hmm. I know everyone's ready. <sighs> yeah, we're all so ready. We don't celebrate Columbus Day here in the state of New Mexico anymore. It's Indigenous Peoples Day. What, what? I do feel like there are more, it's kind of what we talked about with Thanksgiving. A lot of people are kind of getting away, even if the state has not changed the name, a lot of people are changing how they recognize it, for lack of a better word. Well, I mean, for one, let's be real here. Columbus Day is like on the same tier as Labor Day, Mm -hmm. Memorial Day. Like these aren't holidays that people I mean, there are people who celebrate them. They're not as widespread as like your Halloween or Christmas or Valentine's Day. It's like your B-list holidays. Yeah. (laughs) It's, um, I can't, did we have that day off when we were in school? You know, I I think think we did. did. I don't know if the schools still get it off. I work at a school full-time that does not take it off, but it's a private school. And then I also teach at a college, which also does not get it off. But I think the public schools might still have it off here. Yeah, I'm, I I feel like I do remember having a day off in October, but it was never around Balloon Fiesta time, which is in October in New Mexico. Mm, um, right. But we in those days never quite correlated, and I always wish that they did. Um. Yeah, I have a vague, vague memory of that. But this is a one of those weird. I I even hate calling it a holiday. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like I said, like Washington's birthday. It's one of those things that keep popping up on the calendar. You're like, why right. are you still there? <laughs> I do appreciate that my planner, which is the main calendar that I use, has it listed as Indigenous Peoples Day. It doesn't have it listed as Columbus Day. But it could be because this this particular planner that I use was designed by a woman of color. <laughs> so I was literally going to be like, I feel like that's a prerequisite to be your planner. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, should we talk about... The little, so why even talk about Columbus Day? Mm, It's so problematic. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are aware of this, but a surprising amount of people are not aware of this or kind of push up against it. So we need to talk about kind of the origins of Columbus Day, Mm -hmm. fucking about Columbus. Yeah, I think that's where we have to start, right? Yeah. Cristoforo um, Colombo or something. Yeah, I, I don't know how yeah. to say his name in Italian. Yeah, girl, I don't know. And he's got a Spaniard name. He's got an, because he's, he's actually, he's an Italian American, or not Italian American. He's an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that I'm trying to like always be PC and be like, blah, blah, blah. American. He's, he's an Italian guy. Because I don't know if when you say something right. like, oh, well, he's, he's an not- Italian. He's not an American, right? We're all in agreement about this. 
like he's he was never we were talking about this earlier he's never stepped foot in the continental u.s Mm -hmm. why why do we have a holiday Uh, somebody who is not from our country and has never been to our country why I, you know, so in, in this reacher, they talked about uh, Columbus Day being celebrated in the United States um, since like, it's always been in October around 1792 um, to kind of like honor Italian Americans, which I'm, I can only imagine during that time, a lot of racial tensions being quite high and them trying to really put pride into that. But it wasn't until 1937 where it was declared a holiday. And the thing is, which I did not know about this, because I always wondered, I thought it was just uh, a Franklin Roosevelt who was like, it's a holiday now. Dude, it was the Knights of the Col- uh, Knights of Columbus, like a Catholic kind of like fraternally kind of group thing. They were like, oh, yeah, we need a really good role model for Catholic kids. And this is the guy. Well, I'm going to I'm going to push back on this a little bit um, oh. because I have I've recently learned a little bit more about about the history uh, mm. this this past June. I was in Pueblo, Colorado for a conference. Part of the aim of the conference is is a very social justice focus. Mm. And Pueblo, I don't know how familiar people are with the southwestern U.S. in geography, but Pueblo is is southern Colorado. Mm. So it's kind of in this area, which all of New Mexico is in, that has been kind of the the border has passed over us, right? We used yeah. to be Mexico and now we're the US. And so people who lived here were Mexicans, but now we're we're Americans. So I didn't realize until this past summer that Pueblo was the first city to name Columbus Day as a holiday. Mm. And it was specifically because Italian Americans have had kind of a rough go of it when they when they first arrived in the US. Oh, yeah. Like no no denying that, right? Like they yeah. were this was before people were were calling them white. <laughs> before oh, yeah. the white people claimed them. Well same thing with like Jewish and people who exactly. are Irish. I mean yeah, we, yeah. We blend as well as people want to want to say we did. <laughs> yes. So Pueblo was largely a mining town and of course, you know, the people who are in the mines are the people of like the lowest social status. And so that was a lot of Italian Americans and uh, Italian immigrants who were in the mines doing this like incredibly dangerous work and being killed and all of this and and being treated badly and there was a lot of tension there. And so there was a a guy um who is Italian American um, Angelo, I don't know how to say his name, uh, Nosi, perhaps, N-O-C-E, he, he decided he wanted to kind of build up the Italian-American community and was looking for, like, a historical figure for them to all identify with. And mm-hmm. as you said, like, Columbus was already kind of filling this this need for some communities mm-hmm. so he, he worked on getting this monument this statue of columbus put up in pueblo and this was in 1905 and it was the first national monument to christopher columbus west of the mississippi and it was like this real big deal 7500 people attended this dedication which is crazy in a small mining town right yeah definitely 
that's a lot of people. And he like really held on to this idea. And in 1907, he persuaded um, the only Hispanic state senator (laughs) in Colorado to propose a bill to proclaim October 12th, Columbus Day. So October 12th is the day that Columbus discovered America. I discovered America. (laughs) All right. Everything is going to be in quotation marks today. So he got this Hispanic state senator to propose this bill and it passed and Colorado became the first state to observe Columbus Day as an official holiday. And this was 1907. And so this was before 1937, as you mentioned, when it became a national holiday. Mm -hmm. He made this his like personal goal, right? That Columbus Day become a thing, you know, lift up Italian Americans. And Denver had their first big Columbus Day parade in 1909. And they kept doing that until like something with the KKK (laughs) happened. I don't Mm -hmm. really remember the exact story. But by the time this guy died in 1922, it was like something like 30 some states had Columbus Day as a A holiday. Well, that's why they really were pushing it. Because like I said, way before in the 30s, they were. Everyone's kind of like doing their own thing with it, which I always found quite shocking. (laughs) But I mean, it makes sense, right? The myth of Columbus is this Mm -hmm. explorer who like braved the waters and made it to America, albeit on accident. Mm -hmm. It's Yeah. And I think it was particularly resonant with... Italians who had just immigrated to the U.S. Like they had just made that journey and to be able to draw that lineage back. Oh, yeah. I think was very powerful for them. So I understand that. I recognize that there are some Italian-Americans who get very defensive about people pushing up against Columbus Day and questioning if it should be a thing. Dude, check your your problematic history a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's the thing that it's such it's such a mixture about it. Um, we were talking about before, even in research, that people kind of want, and we'll we'll talk about as I like to call the rap sheet of Mister Mister Columbus here. Can I call you Chris? When we start going into a little bit more, it just feels like each year there's like a layer of things that are discovered or confirmed about Mister Mister Columbus, and I think people still want to deny. That, oh, this is fabricated. Oh, we don't think this is actually what happened. And there's a lot of danger. It's something, it's a really problematic, problematic way of thinking of that because it really belittles the events of what happened to take place and the respect towards indigenous people. I think sometimes when we have something like this, we don't want to disrespect Italians or Italian American, especially, like I said, in this particular climate when it was used to uplift them. But it's like, it's a great disservice to say that this person, this this colonizer would represent your people when you all have so much more richness and honor to to give to this country. And there's so many other people that are probably worth celebrating and uplifting than this particular Italian. Right. It's surprising to me. This is a fairly recent study. of Americans think we should have a day named after Christopher Columbus? Yeah. That's crazy to me. I don't. Yeah. Do you think that is, do you think it's not calling those people ignorant, but do you think it is an ignorance? Do you think it's just simply Hmm. people are still unaware? Well, I think it's a combination of, of that and there's this idea, and, and we see it 
a lot repeatedly, not just surrounding Christopher Columbus, but this idea that historical figures shouldn't be judged by the standards of conduct during, uh, you know, <laughs> during the time. They, they should be judged by the time that they lived, not by the standards of today. So, like, there was something in that in that same study that three quarters of Americans believe that is true. I'm like, mm. no, 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 that's I understand context is important it is. for understanding things, but that doesn't mean we should judge people only by those standards. We we are are people living in this society in this time. And I don't think it's unreasonable to look at things through a critical eye of what we we know today because when people are saying we should judge people by by the standards of them then you're just holding on to the fact that you and i aren't aren't full people for various reasons that's not cool well yeah because where do you draw the line it's like so where do we actually cut off when we start excusing behavior due to the time it's the same thing of when we say oh my grandmother's racist because of the time it's right. it's kind of, it's in that, it's that same bucket. It's that same kind of context when you say something like that. And maybe you're not aware of that's how it comes off. I'm letting you know that is how it comes off. Absolutely. Yeah. Should we talk about this guy? <laughs> uh, I think we we have to. But but one one quick thing I want to say is mm. I understand that it's hard for people mm when it's something that feels a little bit closer and more personal to you, but I think it's even more important to be critical in that in that case like you brought up you know racist grandparents like yes you should mm-hmm. judge your racist grandparents yes. by all means I'm giving you permission i was doing a little bit this is a bit of a tangent mm. i was doing a little bit of of research into my own family history oh cool well yeah and it's i mean it's something i've known for a long time my paternal grandfather, his uncle was a chief of, of our tribe of the Choctaws of Oklahoma for a long time. And he was kind of he was the first chief elected in the 20th century of any of the Ooh. five civilized tribes. So like he's a big enough deal that he has a quite lengthy Wikipedia uh, article about him. His name's Jimmy Belvin. But he was evidently very divisive amongst um, the people because he is seen in one of two ways and the portrait I've always heard painted of him was like you know how great he was and how he like unified the people and and did all these things and when he was like a state senator for Oklahoma and like all this stuff but then in the Wikipedia article (laughs) I was reading how he was actually many people found him to be kind of a tyrant who held on to his power and that uh, really was pushing an, an agenda of assimilation and like, you know, compromising, giving up the Choctaw language and cultural practices and all of Yikes. this. And so, yeah, I find it very, very strange to grapple with, particularly as somebody who is completely removed and not knowing the language or knowing much about the cultural or traditional practices. Does being like part of that that sort of lineage like make me less of an indigenous person like I don't think so <laughs> but you know like it's something that I have to I have to think about and and grapple with and evaluate mm-hmm. in my own my own ideas and I think that that's same thing with like Columbus right <laughs> like I think yeah. people, you need to be critical of it well I think 
and realizing that in that you taking on like you did not commit those crimes that's not a reflection on you but at the same time you're like you there is an acceptance that has to come upon that and i think even more so of being like being aware of not stepping into that shadow mm. um does that make sense in walking yeah. in walking through that and i think that's what we want to do so much for people like i said who take this a little bit more to heart is that not necessarily a shame upon them and personally but looking for a recognition like I recognize that and realizing how much that would mean to indigenous people in this particular case of just simply of just recognizing that a recognition right. of this. And I think I, I hope like at the end of this, that's what people really take away that we keep seeing this repetition of misinformed, corrupt history and that as we learn more to go with it with a critical eye of acceptance and not rejection and mm. acknowledge it. Because I think we constantly like that as our knee jerk reaction is to hear something about a history and have pure because you could have read that and just completely rejected it. Right. Does that make sense? And so right. like, or gotten defensive in, about it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where we've created that culture that's based upon, I am offended. I'm offended by that. I am hurt by that. Instead of saying, okay, what if this is based upon truth? Is this based upon fact? Can I recognize this at least? Because by you, in your case, like denying that, like think about the people it could have affected. You are just downgrading their pain and their experience. Right. And it's, and like I said, Yeah. There's always two sides to any story. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the way that we're often taught within school, and maybe this has changed since, you know, it's been several years since we've been in public schools, mm-hmm. but we're often presented with only one side of history. And I think starting in our our childhood, there has been like a push against that when, when teaching history. I don't know. I had a a wonderful U.S. history teacher in high school who was very much about first day of class. She talked about how history is usually told from the winner's perspective. And that's something mm. that we we had to keep in mind as we went through our textbooks, as we like learned about about the history of the U.S. Uh, so I think there there's a shift in that thinking. But I think a lot of people our age or older, uh, a little resistant to that. Mm. Well, maybe we can talk a little bit about maybe kind of debunk like what is fact or fiction. I don't know. Did you ever watch that show like in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s? And it was it was titled that fact or fiction. With Will Riker. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I may or may not have that um, on my DVR right now. So uh, if you have never seen Beyond Belief, fact or fiction, yes. one, I feel yes. sorry for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to watch it with my mom and my sister. We loved that show. Seriously. And then years later, me and my husband would watch rerun- like reruns of that show. If you have never seen it, you need to just YouTube it because yes. like he does this really weird creepy smile and there's like literally just youtube clips of the smile back to back (laughs) like i love it i love it so much it's brilliant i mean and if you love cheesy predictable one-liners delivered to you by a guy with a beard and a weird (laughs) fitting suit coat you are welcome because let me tell you like it's so 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 good he's like 
and just letting you know the glass may be half full. Enter creepy and music and smile. a pan in. Yeah. <laughs> the acting is terrible. The budget <sighs> is low. And I and there's like seven seasons of it. It's like him it. on a stage with like really weird yeah. lighting. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's so, so good. And the worst part is like I do record it. I've watched it and I honestly forget which ones are true or false. So I have to watch them to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like dramatizations of these stories yeah. and mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun to guess if they're fact or fiction by the end. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's where we're going to have to like debunk a little bit. I was like, should we play fact or fiction with this? So it's like <gasps> Yes, can we please? Uh, can, can we try? I guess we can. Yes, we like, can all try. Right. All right. Let's see. Danny, fact or fiction? Yes. Did Columbus actually discover America? <laughs> oh, oh, this is a tough one, except it's not. <laughs> Let, let's let's talk for a moment how problematic okay. that is. Um, oh, I, yeah. I'm assuming a lot of our listeners are in the same boat, <laughs> in the same boat as us. Girl, my people yeah. haven't been on boats in a long time. I know, but, you know <laughs> get over that fear of water. We got to go. Yeah, just this one time. <laughs> you can't show up at somebody's house like walk Sorry. into somebody's house and you're like wow i discovered this house <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's not that's not the way it works you can't just like break into someone's house steal their shit and say i discovered it this is all mine there were people here there yep. were people here lots and lots of people lots and lots of different Loads. civilizations mm-hmm. happening here already not to mention the fact if we want to be like the first european who discovered america the selective claim to the vikings is very bizarre to me <laughs> but it, like people are quick to be like it's the vikings i'm like when are we giving them stuff like right, is this a like, thing to brag about right i mean i don't know why white people i'm sorry but you have a strange relationship with the vikings um <laughs> When there was beard and pillaging and yes, you know, I mean horns. I, I, I don't know much about them, but I do know that Leif Erikson supposedly was visiting Newfoundland and like the Americas five centuries before Christopher Columbus discovered yeah. it. So I think wasn't it already known to some no. Europeans? Well, the thing some people argue, oh, he didn't reach anything further than the border of Canada. But I'm like, how would you know where the border of Canada would be at that time? Does that make sense of like, it could be all be quite subjective. But I think there literally has been proven time and time again, that he didn't just come upon a barren land and claimed it for Spain. That's just not how it worked. And especially uh, people talking about North America, because we do have North and South America, which is shocking to some people. Does that make sense? They're saying that he actually right. set foot on beaches of like of the, the what we would say like the, the Bahamas. Right. Which even that kind of blew people's mind because like I said, growing up in school, I'm thinking he like bumped into like Maine. The pilgrims. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, hey, pilgrims, like got any corn? Does that make sense? Because that's what we, we would always talk about it in like the fall time. It all kind of got lumped up together. Yes, and it's very that, confusing. It's a very confusing time, time-wise. And also like for the reasoning and talking about like the Atlantic trade group and why he even set out. Um, all right, Danny, fact or fiction? Yes. Was he trying to prove the world was round or was it flat? Well, 
people didn't think the world was flat then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no more than they think it now, I suppose. (laughs) You want to talk about a topic I'd love to talk about, Lindy? I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold on to it. We got to come back to flat earthers. But I know. We're all pretty in, in agreement, right? That Columbus didn't know shit about geography. Is that Girl, his skills lacking? Like him coming upon the Bahamas was actually a mistake. Yes. And we know that we're kind of taught that in school, like that he was trying to show a, a quicker passage to, you know, the East Indies and, and all of that. But like he. His idea was so outlandish. Mm-hmm. Like he calculated the the circumference of the world to be like a third of what it actually is and people already knew. For 2000 years people already <laughs> knew what the circumference of the world was thanks to our our homeboys in Greece like who had Thank already you. calculated this mm-hmm. to like very very close to the actual number. Mm-hmm. But his idea was so outlandish that like the Italians didn't want to have anything to do with it. He went and peddled this shit to the Portuguese and they were like, um, oh, yeah, no. They're and then he, crazy. yeah. And he, <laughs> and then he peddled it to the Spanish and they were like, uh, no, but then they're also like <laughs> such colonizers. Yeah. And you know, these are some of my ancestors, so I can own that shit. <laughs> well, he made some outlandish promises. Yeah, and it, so he made some promises, and then they were also afraid that he would take that information to someone else, and if he were on the off chance, right, yeah. like they were missing out. So they're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, yeah, we got you. You you can do this, yeah, right? They weren't like sold on it. They were just no. afraid of someone else on the off chance that they were wrong, someone else profiting from mm-hmm. it. They're just covering all their bases based upon greed. But that's but they're like I said, they're not the only ones. It was kind of the thing to do. It was a spice race. It was a gold race. Yes. Like the whole, you know, kind of going exploration thing. It was very hot. That's what you did. You went, you explored, yes. you conquered, you pillaged, you stole, you bartered. The golden you age of colonialism. Exactly. And I mean like if that's your thing, this was this was it. This was your time to shine. So by the time they get there, they had several peaceful people groups mm. there mm. on these beautiful, beautiful islands. And it's crazy. I don't know. I'm sure you have like Columbus kept a very detailed diary. And not just him. Many of his oh. his men did too. We have so many mm. primary sources from this era. I don't understand why people can fight us on this shit. That, <laughs> that it was messed up. So we had the, I'm probably going to butcher all these names, but we had like the, the is it, people argue when I was looking up the pronunciation for, is it Arawak or Arawak? I say Arawak. I, I've also heard Arawak, but I could be wrong. I didn't do the research. I apologize. No. Oh, no, no, no. There's the Arawak <laughs> people, Taino, uh, Likion people group. And that's just a few. That I yeah. mean, just a few. They said anywhere between five to eight different separate tribal people groups there. Yeah. <laughs> If, if we're talking about reasons to not celebrate Columbus Day, like one of the reasons is that he initiated the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. Like that was one of his things. And like we could see that he was already thinking this from his first impression of the Arawak people. Right. Like here's a quote from his journal. Oh, right? girl, Tran- I think, oh, translated I think I into English. But here we go. 
Uh-huh, say it. They brought us parrots and balls of cotton and spears and many other things. They willingly traded everything they owned. They do not bear arms and they do not know them. For I showed them a sword. They took it by the edge and cut themselves out of ignorance. And then what was his reaction to this this innocence? Mm-hmm. He decided they would make fine servants. With 50 mm-hmm. men, we could subjugate them all and make them do whatever we want. Exactly. Oh, girl, here's another one. It's just like the the arrow. They had no weapons. Their society or group of people had neither criminals nor prisoners. They were so kind-hearted. And he went on to say about how kind-hearted and how lovely they were. I'm like the knave that to be so honest, one thing is missing is oh is is our is our is our capture and workforce. It, it's like. Of course, rough translation, but are you kidding me? He taught he would compliment them on how well they labored, how strong they were, how kind they are, and ba- basically almost mocking their naivety. Basically, yep, sounds like Columbus. <laughs> it does, but the thing, I mean, it's that's the thing, and this is just the tip of the iceberg because we'll we'll go on further. So he talked about then. He started selling native girls into sex slavery. Well, I mean, they didn't even sell them in some cases. I mean, his his men were using indigenous girls, girls, not women, I mean, oh, girls, yeah. like nine or ten years old mm-hmm. as sex slaves. It, it was absolutely. Re- and, th- and that's the thing. Like, they actually have like um, ledgers for this. Not names, but um, amount, like herds of cattle back and forth. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just that, which is atrocious, Mm -hmm. but they in the early years, this is from I don't know if you've read it. James Lowen's book called Lies My Teacher Told Me. Yes. Um, So he, he talks about how in the early years of Columbus, they essentially had butcher shops throughout the Caribbean where Mm -hmm. indigenous bodies were being sold as dog food. So yeah. they would they would sell sell bodies and then they also had this practice where they would actually have the indigenous people being hunted by their war dogs mm-hmm. and these dogs so these dogs wore armor they were being fed human flesh they were like quite vicious and then they would do things like take babies indigenous yep. babies and feed them to these dogs like mm-hmm. as sport as sport like, and i i think that's the crazy part so they're talking about um making sure that we are aware of the relevancy of the time in what era is that okay right <laughs> right like, like i don't understand yeah. even within the context of the era how mm-hmm. that would be considered okay and I, there was a lot of painting and and we see this this is a common theme of colonialism dehumanizing these people so they thought oh well they're not christian they tried to convert them to be christians these people didn't speak spanish they didn't even know what they're saying and so when they like would not convert they were like well they're subhuman Mm -hmm. they're they're unable to and so so on top of that of just like so selling their so eating their children uh raping their nine and ten year olds into slavery selling other them into hardcore slavery going back and trading them to spain been like oh look not only we brought um, what we've promised, which was gold, which they would make them mine gold until they died of exhaustion. If people try to take gold for themselves, they would cut off their hands, make them wear their hands. They would 
um, cut off other body parts and injure other people with them into shaming them into working harder in the gold mines. I mean, it, it got to the point. So we have that travesty that um, these people group, these these indigenous people were refusing to grow grow food so that way they would basically starve so they wouldn't have to be underneath their rule and oppression. Um, people were committing large amounts of suicide so they wouldn't have to be underneath the tyranny of Columbus. Like it's, it's the sick, sadistic monster. Reading some of his crimes and travesties reads like a terrorist. And because we're both have already stated, this is well documented. This is not just, you know, what we picked up in random old dark web. Right. These are from the journals themselves. I mean, I'm sure you've both read of like journals of people like this is monstrous. Like what was right. it? we talked about a couple of his people, uh, uh, people that worked under or worked that were underneath him who had left and became priest and would basically try to repent <laughs> of the darkness and the, the subhuman treatment right. that was going on and work the rest of their lives in order to try it. But I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of indigenous people yes and and tortured you know cutting people's noses off their ears off as punishment straight up cutting people's hands off in haiti because he felt like they weren't bringing him enough gold because he had promised these obscene amounts of gold uh this is on his second journey to the americas it's it's disgusting and so we think about this and we think about the trauma of, you know, his his conquest of the Americas and then how it opened the door for all this other colonialism that happened yes, girl, throughout the continent. And, and not just the Spaniards, but <laughs> everyone who ended up coming here. Right. He mm-hmm. kind of opened that door. And so there's people who want to celebrate that because they're like they discovered it it's like the basis of our society and then there's the people who are like actually like if you stop and think about it think about all this trauma for Mm -hmm. the indigenous peoples who are still being treated like shit today right Mm -hmm. whose societies have been totally uprooted forced to different places like dealing with this complex complex intergenerational trauma as a result of christopher columbus's discovery of america and like we're gonna give that a whole holiday like it's Mm -hmm. disgusting to me Mm -hmm. well even with us saying that it's a b-list holiday the fact that it's it's so beyond that it really really is there is um i was uh, putting a quote in in our notes of uh of a spanish historian talking about of remarking on Columbus talking about a ship without a compass compass chart or guide um, but only following the trail of dead Indians who had been thrown from the ships could find its way from Bahamas to Hispaniola I mean the tally mark of brutality and death underneath the name of Columbus is so vile and then we want to erect statues and monuments of him right like that is, can you imagine being an indigenous person having to go to Christopher Columbus High and making a right turn on Christopher Columbus Avenue and meeting your friends at the park in front of the Christopher Columbus statue? Like, it's not just, you know, in the Southwest we have them. I mean, scads across it. I was looking up even on Wikipedia, 
because some places actually have taken some of their statues down, uh, mostly because a lot of them have been vandalized. Um, but it's, uh, can, can you imagine? It's not just simply having like a random, weird, whack-ass holiday. Mm. It's, do you know what I mean? It's a, it's but it's effort. like literally celebrating the demise of an entire people. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 an it. extermination of people. Like and and I know I recognize that the people who are pro Columbus Day are are not terrible people and aren't actually celebrating that, but that's mm. that's how it feels. <laughs> I don't but know. I, I I guess in my mind I'm I think I'm a pretty I really do try to see it from other people's point of view because I do believe that's how you learn. And even if I don't agree with you, I can try to understand where you're coming from. This is one of those rare instances where I, I really struggle to see it from your point of view. When we say we celebrate a person, like you know, when we celebrate, when we say Martin Luther King day, right? We look mm-hmm. at this person and everything he has. And we think about, you know, his, his strife for, for peace and for, for unity. And he, he wasn't a perfect human being, but we look at everything that they have done. Even George Washington's birthday, which I think is a bit silly. Um, Abraham Lincoln's birthday is on the calendar. All these things, President's Day. Yeah. Um, we have these days where we kind of look and we reflect upon the person. And we right. think about, okay, they stood for truth or justice. And look at their accomplishments and look at all that. But we look at him, Christopher Columbus, and we see that, like I said, his rap sheet I don't understand when we say we we can get behind that and say we can cover that over with exploration. You are downgrading a whole people group's pain and oppression. And we keep doing it over and over again. We're getting really good at doing this, people, of really downgrading people's trauma and pain. And it's it's these artificial histories. Like they're one of the the pushbacks I've seen is that well, you know, this is revisionist history. Like this is this has only been since the 1980s and 1990s that Columbus has been painted in such a negative light. Mm. But also, one we're citing primary sources, yeah, uh, and some secondary sources, but secondary sources that are translating primary sources essentially. And two, like most Americans didn't know who Columbus was didn't have like much knowledge about Columbus or care about him until Washington Irving wrote a book about him in 1828. Mm-hmm. So like that's less than 200 years ago, right? That's that's closer in time. Exactly. I don't know. Like he wrote a book about Christopher Columbus in 1828 called The History of the Life and Voyages of Christopher Columbus. And that's when like America started having a bit of a hard on for him but like it's not like he's he's been part of the 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 mythos and the psyche of the americans um of us here in the u.s since the beginning it's not it's not that way and people like to paint it like it is that way it really is and i i we have so many other figures that i feel are a lot more monumental to um, mm. north america specifically not even yes. just the americas but north america it, that have a lot more to do with our molding and shape of our society even a uh, trade routes as well and so i i'm always scratching my head on um, this one a little bit so now that we 
I feel so done talking about this guy. He's so awful. But I feel what have been people's response? They've kind of bucked the idea a little bit Mm. of changing it. But I do feel like more people than not are getting behind de-Columbusing or un-Columbusing this holiday. And I, I think the push, from my understanding, started kind of with what I I think of as like first wave wokeism in the 1970s, you know, civil Mm -hmm. rights era. And there was kind of a push, push then to recognize it, not as a Columbus holiday, Mm -hmm. but to rework it into something else. And it wasn't until 1992 that the first like city (laughs) de-Columbus, their Columbus Day, un-Columbus, their Columbus Day. And that was, of course, Berkeley, because... All those Whoa, things start in Berkeley. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. We give California such slack, but 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 they really did that big push. But like you said, yeah. since 1977, from the push from the International Conference of Discrimination Against Indigenous Populations, like from then till 1992, to try to push that, like that is a good fight. Like, can you imagine? <sighs> That's <Can> insane. Not <laughs> not trying to convince him that maybe this mass murderer shouldn't have his own holiday, right? And it's uh, still not everywhere, right? No, no, no. It's been slow going. There is this push, uh, and Berkeley called it in- Indigenous Peoples Day, and a lot of places are calling it Indigenous Peoples Day or something along those lines. I know there's a push in Pueblo specifically, home of our first Columbus Day, to call it Day of La Raza. Mm, I did see that. Yeah, which I, I understand the reasoning. I personally am more into Indigenous Peoples Day. Me too. Like, I understand the reasoning, but I also recognize like using... A Spanish word is really painting a very specific uh, image of who who you're honoring during that time. Mm. And I I know many people who are of indigenous descent in this country are similar to me, where they're they're mixed between you know Native Americans and Spaniards and all sorts of things. We're all products of colonialism, mm-hmm. but I think I'm more behind celebrating blanket just the indigenous people Mm -hmm. but that's that's my personal opinion i mean i I agree as well and i think even the word indigenous is something is not something we're used to using still Mm. um and i think because i like that as a bit open because i mean even some of these people group simply because of the mass slaughtering we're just so unaware of that right and i like that it does kind of lead us into exploring celebrating paying tribute homage and let's be real mourning some of these indigenous people groups we are very unfamiliar with. Right. And yes. I, I really appreciate that. And I would love to see what it would be like to start uh, putting in busts, um, monuments and statues of important names and figures, or even what some of these people look like. Cause once again, because of the mass slaughtering, we, we, we joke all the time about ancestry, but can you imagine, can you imagine being able to try to draw your bloodline and been like, Oh, well, the buck stops here because, you know, you basically were put into extinction because of right. slavery. And, and I mean, within <laughs> within my own my own history, I mean, on my mom's side, it's it's the very complicated La Raza sort of view of <laughs> of mix. But on my dad's side, like I mentioned, the Choctaw side, we can actually trace our our lineage back to to one woman um, who was like 
the last of her tribe, who she was then ab- adopted into the Choctaw tribe because her tribe was was wiped out. <laughs> so and that was like in, I don't know, like the 1700s or something. So, you know, and that's not an unusual story. And in fact, mm-hmm. within uh, uh, like uh, the Choctaw people, like a, a pretty large percentage of of the Choctaws in Oklahoma can trace their lineage back to this this one woman who wasn't even. Choctaw. She was adopted into the Choctaw tribe um, from a different tribe. So that's crazy. And I don't I don't think crazy. that's I don't think that's unusual amongst mm. tribes in it all over the Americas. Um, so speaking of actually this idea of America having such little knowledge really of indigenous people group, do you think changing the name of this holiday can actually change the way the indigenous people are are treated? in the United States in in history? Yeah, I I feel I feel conflicted about that because I think mm. I think it it can help, but I do find it to be more largely symbolic, I think, um rather than actually creating action. But I think it has to start somewhere. Like I'd rather start with something symbolic that has the possibility of leading to to larger change than doing nothing. So even though I don't think it would necessarily change immediately the way that indigenous people are treated, it would at least force people one time a year to think about the Native Americans, the indigenous people to this land. I think part of the the issue, too, with Columbus is just this idea of it's once again glorifies colonialism and it glorifies this idea that we are a land of immigrants. And every time I hear that, like there's just something inside of me that aches uh, because this country isn't completely a country of immigrants. There are people who were here first. They didn't Mm -hmm. immigrate from somewhere they they're from here and it's just every time you say that i feel like you're trying to erase the people who are indigenous to this land and it's something i feel very very strongly about and like i can feel it viscerally um Mm. when i hear that Mm. that is so it's just really good to hear that from someone who has a little bit closer ties than than myself i mean i mean not only was it upon people who have already were here than people who were brought here against yes. their will. Oh, absolutely. It's, oh, That's it's a great a, point. Yeah, it's a melting pot of cuz it sounds very romantic and things I even had to change my verbiage about like the great American spirit and, you know, bring us bring us your weary, you know, mm. that whole thing, but we forget like our country is a jambalaya of heartache and <laughs> and wrongdoing and misguided hopes and dreams. It's just I really wish we would just recognize that. And like yes. I said before, at the top of the episode, I just, if people realize the importance of recognition and how much, like you, it's kind of what you talked about with changing the name. It's like a gesture, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It's like a couple gets into a crazy fight. It's very stereotypical. And some person brings somebody else some flowers. Does it fix the problem? No. It's a kind gesture, isn't it? And it's like that beginning. It's opening up that door. It's making that space yes. where we can say, okay, let's let's talk about this because we need to put all of our shit and garbage on the table and start working through it. I'm really hoping with more of the push of changing the name to Indigenous, Indigenous People Day is that 
it will show a gesture. It will actually start opening up that space where we can allow work, true work to be done. Absolutely. So you're on board with Indigenous Peoples Day or do you think it should be something else? I really enjoy um, Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, I know some people say Discovery Day, which I still feel gives credit to good old Chris. Yeah. I feel like there's a little more power in that, especially when I really can't think of, and I know they're supposed to be like a Native American month, apparently. I I don't think it's something that has a lot of like attention in press. Um, Right. But I think it would do America as a whole to actually have a moment of pause. I think it should be something that's not a B-list thing. I think it should be looked at something like uh like a Memorial Day. I think it'd be really interesting to have like a day where we actually take solace and mm. a, a pause to think about. We talk about uh, how many people have given their lives for this country during time of war. Mm. And I would think it'd be interesting to have a moment to kind of reflect on a time where people lost their lives due to war being put upon them. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I have my own feelings about the U.S. and uh, patriotism, but I <laughs> i mean, it doesn't mean that you can't take pride in where you're from and, yeah. you know, and, and in the U.S. Like, I i have issues with that, but I don't think that, that it's like mutually exclusive. Like, you can recognize the... <laughs> the distorted history you can recognize like the terrible erasure and destruction of the indigenous people and still like 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 being an american and have pride from where you come from i don't i don't think i don't think they're mutually exclusive um and no, in fact we- i think it's it's probably better patriotism if you have a more real view of the history just because exactly. you can you can you can trace the line instead of like ignoring it recognizing like this the lives that were lost and and the things that led us to this point and i i think i also find it kind of hopeful in like in recognizing it and seeing it and hoping to make make it better you know or or in some way in the future but we're never we're never going to do right by all of our native brothers and sisters if no. if we just continue to ignore it. And not only just ignore it, but living in chosen ignorance, yeah. which I do feel like there's people who are in mid wokeness, which is great. Keep going with that, and I think people there are people out there doing doing the daggone thing and making things happen and getting this overturned, and that's great. But I think there's also people who are choo- who are choosing to live in this kind of ignorance. And I was talking with my husband. There's something about that phrase of being ignorance is bliss, but there's another saying of like knowledge is power and power creates action and power creates change. And if you have the option to live in bliss, which is a very single kind of selfish and so tempting (laughs) and so tempting, because let me tell you, it is because I would sleep a lot better at night if I lived in, in bliss is that, that all sense? it takes yeah it does if you're just completely unaware let me tell you you i apparently you sleep like a baby but how can you do that like it goes beyond empathy does that make sense if yeah. if you're choosing that and and i so desperately want that for people who I guess, especially in New Mexico, when you're around somebody, I'm like, don't you know somebody this would affect? Like, look into their face and look in their eyes and look into their life. Like, especially for those who are indigenous people, it still affects them today. Like, how how can how can you not? 
It's ingrained in their history. It has shaped who they are and what their lives look like to this very day. And I'm, I'm hopeful as well. I, I, I do see um, people kind of coming to grips with it and sharing the information and being a little bit more outspoken and kind of putting it out there. I, I really do appreciate that. There's still parades, which is weird. I know some people, do you know, honestly, some people's beef, I've seen this anytime we have kind of like a holiday of sort, they're just like, oh, just stop with it and enjoy the day off for those who have a day off, like stop complaining about it and just enjoy the day off. I'm, uh, I'm not coming for your day off, dude. Dude, I mean, <laughs> don't get mad at me. Get mad at the capitalist system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> this capitalist system where you don't get days off, where you're always having to. Oh, sorry. This is an anti-capitalism <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, like, you're right. You're right. Like, I don't want to shit on your day off. But also, you know, think about what it is for uh, a minute, please. I know. It's just weird. I hate when genocide really gets in the way of my day off to <laughs> It's rough. You it's have a rough, rough life, much it's rougher re- than, yeah. than the, these people we've been talking about. Or just like, it must be so rough to have that option to close yourself off to that part of the history. Does that make sense? Like, I'm really right. tired of part of history being optional to close yourself off to because they do not affect you. Right. And that and that's what we always are trying to bring to the show is exactly. that opening yourself up to things that do not affect you. You need to open that door, walk through it. And see the people that it does, because I'm sure there's indigenous people have just been told since they were young, you have this on you. And ideally, you're not just walking through the store, but you're like holding the store open and having other people walk through it with you. Exactly. Because I think I think there are a lot of people who are kind of in that mid woke level that you're talking about who are starting to recognize these things but they're a little closeted about it like yeah i will i will talk about this shit to anybody who will listen to me but like you know you find like these mid-woke white people who like might have these beliefs but like will never never actually talk about them or be Mm. very passive aggressive in the way that they engage people about them like Mm. emily no just fucking preach it and don't don't worry so much you know like you're not you're not killing somebody's day off like you're not really hurting them that much and if if they are so hurt that their whole day off is ruined by being reminded about the origins of this holiday then they have something else they need to be a girl examining mm, you hit the nerve because i literally was like poor my poor husband my poor, poor husband. He has to get the brunt of all of this, of this, this, this frustration. That's what, that's what our guys married into. Sorry. They, Sorry, yeah, guys. They knew it. Because he actually, he brought up a good point when you talked about people being closeted. I also think he brought up a kind of like, predominantly with white people. They're like, okay, what next? What else is wrong? What else has been a lie? What else have we been responsible for? Like, sometimes you can actually be quite tired and overwhelmed and I kind of like had this moment of like, good, yeah. <laughs> you are trauma, like traumatically out of shape. You are trauma obese, like you, you are so out of shape. Like me 
And people who look like me have come underneath so much trauma that we're like trauma Olympians. Like we know how to function. We know how to operate because we have to. And if you learning a little bit about the, the genocide and the slavery and the sex trade and the debauchery that happened underneath Columbus exhausts you and full of fear and you feel like, well, I just can't talk about it anymore, exhaust me, then you need to get back into shape. I, I, does that make sense? Like, I'm so glad you're tired. Guess what? There have been people who've been living with this their whole lives. And you've just learned about this just now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't get to be exhausted. Yeah. I want to be sympathetic because I don't want to ever delight in somebody else's pain or anything like that. I want to be sympathetic, but I also like, well, where, where's the sympathy on the other side? Like rather mm-hmm. than complaining about how hard it is for you, like take a moment and just like you said, think about the people who have had to to live with this knowledge their whole life and have it directly impact them. Like think about those people. Like exactly, it, and that doesn't mean you can't feel exhausted and like like it's hard. I am never going to say that you aren't entitled to your own feelings because mm-hmm. you are, but take a moment and recognize that some people have had to feel that feeling their whole lives. Exactly. Your momentary exhaustion is not more than my lifetime's worth of exhaustion. Exactly. So I, I know I, it doesn't sound like it's being hopeful. So what are some, what are some practical ways I think people, what are something practical people can take away if they're trying to decolonize history in their life? Cause I feel like it's a process. What does that look like, you think? I don't have anything, really. I think Mm. changing the name. I think recognizing other people's plights. I think maybe not erecting monuments that are (laughs) other people's suffering. And we have have a very complicated history with that here in New Mexico. Not Columbus, Mm. because Columbus was never here. But, you know, many (laughs) Spaniards were. Yep. And if you haven't heard about the Oñate statue and its feet being cut (laughs) off, then you need to do some research because that shit is... Mm-hmm. You can Google that. Yeah, there there was a great. I think this. Uh, it was a ninety nine percent invisible episode. I'm gonna plug that podcast because it's one of my faves. Ooh. Ab- about it, about the Onyate statue, and it talked about it from both perspectives, including, you know, those La Raza people, the people who are of Spanish descent and of indigenous mix, uh, whether or not they claim it. And so, Ooh, like, there's there's you know, it touches on that idea and. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of people in the state who hold hold strong to those Spanish ties. Um, so, yeah, I'm just asking people to look at it from a different perspective. And I think that's that's a good, easy, tangible step. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Do you have any ideas? It's one of those things of just like you look at something as big as this of just like how can we become more sensitive towards indigenous people? And it, sometimes it just seems so massive of how to get people kind of like on board without getting drowned in just historical guilt because I think sometimes we can get quite stagnant and we can just been like oh this is awful and then we never move from that grief or from that guilt I think like one like I said before accept it recognize it um I guess changing the name is great but being Educating yourself more about indigenous people group is better in sharing that. I think the more, you know, we we put 
stories of Indigenous people, art, demand a voice and demand that people who are Indigenous be seen and be able to tell their story and their experiences. That would be great because I just don't feel like Indigenous people are seen. Yes. And we live in a late stage capitalist society. So why not throw some of those bills towards some indigenous folk? Look for some organizations. If there's any indigenous folk who you follow, artists or otherwise, this is a great time of year to just throw them some support in terms of financial support. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even just like if you're just like if I, you know, I'm not an outspoken person, read a book by an indigenous person. (laughs) like just just do something in your life even if something as minute as that just to kind of enrich your own knowledge and understanding because I mean like I said we both happen to live in areas to where we have a little bit more exposure but some people haven't and I think having that little bit more of a tangible experience with something increases your empathy and your desire to kind of to make change and I, I just really hope that we can kind of open those conversations a little bit more as we always do on the show Shall we shift gears a little bit and get mad at the internet? Yes. What are we getting mad at this week, Tamika? Well, I mean, just being such girly girls like ourselves, we really wanted to talk about dolls, specifically Barbies. I mean obviously our fave (laughs) but we're specifically talking about collector edition barbie dolls i'm i'm not quite sure i feel like was this a big topic or is it just us i think i think people are really into these collector edition barbie dolls i remember them being way more basic when i was growing up but i guess the barbie Mattel? No, yeah, the Mattel company. Yeah, Mattel. Yeah, they're, they're coming out, as they always do, of like the like these hit, like um, figures, strong women trying to be forefront, feminist, hoorah, uh, all of that, have come out with these beautiful, apparently representative, inclusive dolls. And uh, Danny and I, like I said, we share things that piss each other off, which is a beautiful relationship. And uh, I, the day before, had actually just seen the Rosa Parks Barbie which I have feelings. And then Danny sent to me the De La De Las Muertes Barbie. Yeah, it's she's modeled <laughs> on <laughs> La Catrina, the the mm-hmm. calavera, the like stereotypical De De Los Muertos uh, skeleton you see. Mm-hmm. Marigold's in her hair. She's got the calavera face paint going, looking like a sugar skull, all mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, we, we, we have some feelings. <laughs> Where do we begin? Particularly, I think for me, the thing that like <laughs> makes me most upset about it is the irony that corporate America is just like basking in this Mexican culture and yet mm-hmm. like funding this racist leadership that is intentionally trying to keep mexicans out of this country it's it's baffling that doll on pre-order is sold out and we have people asking for a pop like imagine if if these people were spending 75 dollars each to like (laughs) elect some less racist leadership instead (laughs) 
or like putting it towards kids being separated from their families who are being deported. Do you know what I mean? It's just, and, and here's the thing. I'm not trying to throw shade for people who want to get dolls and collectibles. That's your thing. It's just interesting of the timing. I yes. mean, there's, yeah. I mean, I, I want to pick at like the, the physical aspect of the doll and how I feel like some things are inaccurate as far as the dress and the you know, physical attributes, which yes, it's there. But I think it's so interesting that we've had um, Disney put out the movie or Disney Pixar. It's Pixar, right? Who put out Coco. Yeah. yeah. Um, we kind of have that. And even like, I know this is going to sound really weird and basic. If you go to any craft stores, there's a lot of stuff that are kind of popular, cheesy, Mexican. Like I said, same thing of uh, kind of the, the Day of the Dead emphasis stuff as well. Like there is, it's on trend. I find it very strange. Cactuses. And all things about nature are on trend when it just seems like the overall feeling is that that culture in whole and race is not welcomed. I'm getting mixed signals here, people. Exactly. So I've seen on the Internet people going both ways. And so I don't know. I guess I'm just mad at everybody. But <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a lot of people who are like very finding a lot of pride in this and feeling like represented and seen and I guess that's that's a fine reaction. But for me, it's it's that timing. And also mm-hmm. just like, who is benefiting from sales of this? Who is benefiting? Sorry, I really take getting mad very seriously. Right. Um, who, where is this money going towards? Yeah. And and I mean, like we're talking we're talking Mexican culture. We're talking a holiday that is very much Mexican, not Spanish, very mm-hmm. much Mexican. And yet this doll is in a very Spanish dress. Freaking flamenco dress. <laughs> like, do your homework. And like, that's what I'm saying. Even the physicality of just like, I'm looking at her nose. I'm looking at her skin tone. I mean, that's how I felt about the Rosa Parks doll. Y'all need to Google the Rosa Parks Barbie. Are you kidding me with this? Are you yeah. kidding me? really uh, Rosa Parks is banging I mean I think she's a beautiful woman but look at the skin tone texture Rosa Parks was a mature woman like here's the thing don't call it a Rosa say inspired by then if you're gonna keep making the same doll over and over and over and over again you can't throw no work bun and some glasses and call that a Rosa Parks doll stop and I was telling Danny I have so many mixed feelings because the same thing, like I'm glad that you are trying to give some attention and representation, but it just feels like you're just trying to get the brown and black dollar. Yeah. I think they're realizing there's a profit. I think, like I said, more movies um, are kind of being made with like indigenous people, uh, Mexican, African-American. Like I, I feel very much that we're seeing more and more of that, but I think it is coming down to that, that dollar. They realize there is a profit there that they're tapping into. And so you're throwing us a bone and I want to be on board more than they know. Like, I really so desperately want to be on board for this. But it feels very transparent and very lazy. Yeah. I mean, I I agree that it's it seems like a ploy to get that black and brown dollar. But also, I think Dia de los Muertos or Day of the Dead has become like something that mainstream America is increasingly interested in what with like the success of Coco like you mentioned mm-hmm. even locally and I don't think I don't know if you know about this Damika since you you aren't here but mm. there's so 
there's a, a tradition for Dia de los Muertos here in Albuquerque, which is a, a huge parade that happens in the South Valley of Albuquerque, which is a predominantly mm-hmm. brown area. It's called the Marigold Parade. And over the last several years, I haven't been in about three years. So this is secondhand to me. But there has been a huge influx of people not from that community um, and a lot of white people going and taking part in viewing this parade. And it has gotten so big and so out of hand that they actually canceled the parade for this year. They said that they're not doing it because it's just too big and they can't they can't handle it. Like the South Valley is not, is not designed for that that much. No, 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 no. People. And it it gets like the last time I went three years ago, it was quite crazy. (laughs) Like the parking was like, I biked down there. So I wasn't dealing with parking, but parking was out of hand. And there were a lot of people, white people (laughs) who were definitely like less familiar with it, but more than happy to show up downtown or down in the, in the South Valley with you know, their Calavera face paint. I don't know. It's weird. That's so me because on one hand, you want to think, wow, people are taking interest mm-hmm. in it, but is it is an excuse. And it's like, but you can't judge the person's heart. Yeah, Though exactly. If you see them completely wasted out there, then you that, that might be a sign. Yeah, like you can't judge a person's heart. And that doesn't change the fact that like my Facebook feed and my Instagram feed would like fill up with all these people who don't really have ties to Mexican culture in their face paint. <laughs> like, mm. hmm. I mean, like I, you know, I have mixed feelings about it for sure, but I find it very, very sad that this long tradition is not happening oh. because they felt that it was just like too big and being co-opted by people who were not, who were not them. I have some, some people I know have, have theories that it's going to happen on the down low. We'll see. Oh, Actually, would I be totally down for a down low? (laughs) I mean, like I'm actually not working. Like I haven't been in three years because I've been. I was in tech, uh, which is for non theater folk, like technical Mm -hmm. rehearsals. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, your life's over. Yeah, I was in tech, so I couldn't go. But this year, I'm not, and it's not happening. (laughs) But that's okay. I'll do my own. I'll do my own Dia de los Muertos thing. It's fine. Hell I don't, yes, girl. <laughs> like I don't. I don't need a big parade. It's fine. Like mm-hmm. I'll celebrate in my own way. But yeah, it's it's a strange world. It's a strange it world. Is. And if mm-hmm. I just wish, if you're going to like take interest in a culture and and be interested in an aspect of someone's culture, like let's open it up and think about mm-hmm. about it a little bit broader and think about fucking shit that's happening in this country right now that's all exactly yeah do the work that that's what I always like to say like do the work it's the same thing like with for Cinco de Mayo like do do the work I have no problem with you celebrating it and enjoying it even though it's a bit macabre same thing with (laughs) kind of on the same borders of like do you actually know what you're celebrating but just just do the work especially when I don't think it's that hard guys we have so much information at our fingertips and I, I think you, if you just kind of took a moment, a pause to kind of say, well, why actually am I doing this? Um, I think you would find you would enjoy it a lot more. It's so much more than face paint, guys. I, I promise you, if you really looked into it, you would enjoy it so much more. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's let's talk about our happy place. <laughs> 
to be in this place, Danny. Yes. Tell me about this week's happy place, Damika. Gosh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I did struggle this week with, with happy place. You know, can you go? I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to think about it. So my, mine's a pretty simple happy place this week. Uh, mm. So I, maybe a, a little while ago, I got some new glasses Went to the eye doctor, mm. did the thing, got some new glasses, bought them online. It was kind of a, a buy one, get one situation. So I was like, oh, this seems excessive, but okay, I'll buy two pairs of glasses. I work. How mature and grown up are you? <laughs> yeah. And so I got two pairs of glasses, one that are pretty similar to the glasses I always get. Black frame, at least partially, kind of cat eye shape normal normal Danny glasses the other pair I got were a little bit more over the top and I was like oh my god I was being way too extra when I bought these uh so I was feeling a little (laughs) weird about wearing them Uh, so I didn't wear them for very much or out in public for quite some time and then I decided to wear them a day and I actually wore them a couple days in a row I got a lot of compliments on them, which is really nice. Uh, but one of my friends, he said to me, he was like, oh, I like your Ali Wong glasses. And that oh. just like warmed my heart of like, wait, oh. particularly because the night before when I was wearing them, I was talking to my husband and I was like, do you think I look like Ali Wong in these glasses? <laughs> That's all you ever want. That's all I want. And the fact that someone else was like, hey, I like your Ellie Wong glasses. It just made me so happy. Oh, I'm really glad that like that she's getting the kibosh on cool glasses because I literally same thing like we were talking when we talked about the the Netflix movie that she had where I was just like obsessed with all of her glasses. Yes, always I be my baby. Cat eye. Mm-hmm. Girl, I'm obsessed with a good cat eye. Yes. And oh, just the vibrancy shape dot. Yeah. So I feel a little bit like a little confident knowing that I'm giving off some Ali Wong vibes. That's amazing. I saw a picture of you in those glasses and I should have said something about Ali Wongness, but they're they're the hotness. And Thanks. thank you for that that's I feel better. Sorry. I don't know why. I think I was just like getting I couldn't think about I normally have a really good memory, but I've been struggling a bit because my schedule's been bonkers. But now I can't remember. Uh, I can't believe that I forgot that this was going to be my happy places. I've been watching The Dark Crystal on Netflix with my husband. I'm surprised. Like I was half expecting that uh, to be our mini-sode. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, I guess it could still easy. come up as a mini-sode, but <laughs> I know that you were so stoked on it. Oh my pigeons girl it is so beautiful it is just stunning I uh, like I said I'm a big Jim Henson fan um not just Muppets but like Labyrinth um anything his creatures had to do anything with I really thought about going into puppetry I mean I dabbled in puppetry and puppet making um when I went to college I just I love the art form so much 
And I think they did a really good job of making sure they actually had um, puppetry and CGI and they blend the two very well. I thought I was going to be too much CGI and I already kind of had my mind saying I was going to be disappointed. The storyline is really, it's really deep. And I like the show so much that I'm actually trying not to binge it. I'm actually like trying to savor it and just soak it all in. There's been a couple of episodes where like, oh, we'll, we'll finish it. And we'll just like want to think about it and like ponder it and like pull it apart because it's a prequel to the original movie. Mm. Um, and so I am enjoying it so much. It's just been a long time since I haven't just want to consume where I've actually, you know what I mean? Like, let me watch it because I just like, I just need to get it in my face. But I've actually really, really enjoyed it. And um, they've done a really phenomenal job. Like, I would be so proud if I had any part in that outside of just being a consumer bystander. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's uh, yeah. And of course, you know, it goes along that line of like nostalgia, but I really feel like they've made it next level. Do you know what I mean? And I, it is a bit darker. Like, I don't know if I'd let my little one watch it. Dark Crystal scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. It has a lot of peril as well, which like I said, I, it's not that my little one gets scared. It's scary things. She doesn't like peril mm. or if someone's in danger. And there's a lot of that in here. And it really has a little bit more of a grit to it, which I'm like, yes, I'm so glad they leaned into it because you're right. It wasn't, I never felt like it was for kids. Yeah. But I am enjoying the freaking Dickens out of it. And so, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I've heard like really great things about it. Someday, someday I'll watch it. I'm pretty stoked on it. But my time for television consumption has drastically dropped with the the kicking <laughs> in of the semester. So I will watch it eventually. Yeah, that's kind of I know a lot of people like, have you watched XYZ? Have you watched this? I'm like, what I have is very precious. Another reason why I can't can't binge. Yes, um, but it's good. You know I think yeah. it's good to not it's binge good. sometimes like it lets you really digest things. And I think I remember things better when I don't binge them. Girl, that is very, very true. And I liked I kind of like the fact of having a little bit of time and kind of getting really amped and having a little bit more of a like anticipation of it, you know, whenever we can it just feels like such a treat, especially like I said, we don't get, we don't go out a whole lot. And so it feels like such a, you know, a little, it feels like a little bit of a pampering. It does feel like a little self-care when you watch something that is just for pure enjoyment. Cause I do tend to watch things that are a bit heavy. Um, so it feels really nice to kind of like tune off to something that's quite beautiful. And I'm kind of low key excited for all the cosplay. Mm, like I'm not yeah. a cosplayer. I, I secretly really want to be, but I think I'm not skilled enough. But for those who are, I am like so stoked for the cosplay that's going to come out of this because it's going to be beautiful. So go forth and people who cosplay for those who are those who can't. All right. Well, those are happy places. Uh, hopefully you can you can find something similar to hold on to to get you through <laughs> this upcoming Columbus Day slash I know. People's Day. Puppets and glasses. Yep. Gotta find the little things. <laughs> mm -hmm. But in the meantime, uh, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. I'm mostly active on the Instagram, but we're mm -hmm. on Facebook as well at Biracial Unicorns on both of those. We're on Twitter at Biracial Magic. You can also send us an 
email with your thoughts and your feelings or your ideas or your questions. And that email address is biracialunicorns at gmail.com. We have to thank our amazing artists at Deli Pop Art for our amazing logo. And for our intro and outro music, we have to thank the very talented Joseph Scott of Citizens of Tape City. I uh, can't thank these two all. We just know such talented people. You should follow and like and subscribe to everything that they're involved in. And yes, please hit us up with those um, ideas. And also please feel free to write us like reviews on these um, podcast platforms. We really appreciate it. They're really encouraging and they help us out as well. Yes. And be sure to tell your friends if you like the podcast. I think the biggest way people hear about it is word of mouth. So tell your friends to listen too. We'd really appreciate it. We're rapidly approaching that year mark. So everyone who is just like complacent in your listenership, tell one new person about the podcast. Yes. It would help us. We don't want to give homework, but we might. We might. So (laughs) just like just one. Just someone you like yeah and so it'll be cool so we'll be back again next week with a mini-sode and we'll be back in two weeks with another full episode Mm -hmm. peace out